Thanks for tuning in to the Empire Boxing Podcast. A huge thank you to our partners at Sting Boxing. It doesn't matter if you're into boxing for fitness, as an amateur, or as a pro, Sting has something for you. Head to their website, stingsports.ca, and use the code EMPIRE10 at the checkout to receive 10% off. An Empire Boxing and Unlearning Network production. Welcome back to the Empire Boxing Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Jay, and we are breaking the fast. It's been about three weeks since we've been in the studio, and, and I'm hungry for this podcast. I'm so excited to introduce you, our guest, uh, Dan. He is a pro MMA fighter, record of 15-7-2 on a current seven-fight win streak. Head coach and owner of Universal MMA. He's representing today as well. I love to see it. Former 185-pound BFL champ, current 170 and 175 BFL champ, a BJJ black belt under dry stale and ranked number one in Canada and yeah. what's the weight class Walter uh, Walter weight Walter weight division yeah. so I mean as, like a, a stunning record a man who's very well known in the community you were actually mentioned to me by uh, one of my podcast listeners as well they were like hey here's a list of people you got to get them on the podcast and I was looking through the list and I, I found I found you on Instagram and I thought Perfect. oh my god Best this 20 is, bucks ever spent yeah exactly and I told <laughs> the guy to take a hike I took <laughs> yeah, his information yeah. and that yeah, was it yeah yeah he made uh, 20 bucks quick and yeah, I got a show right yeah, that's here it. so but like on that note uh <laughs> if, if you love the podcast and you love listening and you have people in the community you'd love me to talk to then I you know you set up super special moments like this so welcome to the studio thanks I for coming through having man it's awesome I've, I've like i said i heard things about it and stuff so i'm excited to Uh-oh. you know share thing? some shit bullshit <laughs> some things and make up some stuff yeah so we're gonna chat shit about fighting <laughs> chat shit probably about people too uh and our pre-show was awesome like i mean you've got some some wicked nuggets and i can't wait to learn more about you as well um let's start at the very beginning then shall we let's go okay so you know you were born in, in bosnia bosnia yeah what yeah. age did you find martial arts um i found that in my like late teens okay yeah I found it my late teens and stuff for that, and the scariest thing I've ever done, and it still scares the shit out of me as a result. It's my cheapest therapy I can afford to fucking iron out any bullshit inside my head. Yeah. Now, when you say, like, the scariest <laughs> thing you've ever done, did you, did you really have to overcome, like, a like an intrinsic no, hurdle No, I didn't have to overcome, but I, like I say, any martial arts, like every other sport, right, When you before you compete, what do you got to do? You got to hype yourself up. Mm. You got to hype up the team. Get on the psych gotta train. Because I got to make you care about a basketball. I ain't got to make you care about your safety. So it's the only sport you ask athletes to calm down. Mm, right so, so yeah it's the only sport you're asking people to chill the fuck out not hype themselves up yeah right so when you go in there it, it is a scariest thing you do because it's your safety yeah absolutely yeah so that's why that's originally a really good point you're right like you know it's you're right when you're in a team sport too you can come in with a bit of nervous energy because you got people to fall back on yeah you know mm. there's five other players you know on on the on the court or on the ice or whatever yeah. it is. But yeah, in combat sports, like you need to be able to make decisions. We were talking about, I mean, in the pre-show, we were talking about processing rate, processing rate of decisions. Like, you know, let's say striking versus grappling. We'll yeah. get into that, but you have to have a certain level of cool, calm and collected to make good decisions. A hundred percent. To make reads, et cetera. Right. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. Like, you know, I've always talked about the same thing is that an emotional, logical decisions, right? The more scared we are, the more emotional we make as a result we're not thinking we're not thinking a step ahead right mm -hmm. and that's like i said in everywhere i go and i and then i preach this all the time like martial arts truly does give you you know like the greatest gift to process intelligent info under a stressful environment and mm -hmm. nothing comes more stressful when your safety is on the line mm -hmm. right and then the ability to stay calm and react logically not emotionally 
is a huge gift you can give to anybody. So. Yeah. And I think even non-fight fans who maybe or like don't know the intricacies because they haven't been on the other side of it can see that play out. Everyone's watched a fight when they know someone has reacted emotionally or gone in emotionally. And, yeah. and you're right. It usually goes very badly. Well, even even, even in like, um, like if you spar or even if you roll one round, they get to know who you are better than going on 10 coffee dates. Mm. Right. Because you all know who the asshole is off the mat. He's an asshole on the mat. Who's a nice guy off the mat. He's a nice guy on the mat. So if you roll, let's say jujitsu, you kind of get to see your, your core values under pressure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you're, how do you abuse the power if somebody's better than you, if you're better than somebody, so your true personality comes out, mm-hmm. right? So I really get to know you like on the mats way, way more better, more intimately than I do ever off the mats. Yeah. So what has martial arts taught you about yourself? Oh, it just, it didn't, it's not that it teaches you anything, at least for me. I mean, it teaches you everything. Let me put Mm -hmm. it that way, right? Mm -hmm. It teaches you everything, but it's a good, uh, it's it's a good tool to iron out any bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. If you think, if, if you think you're, you know, you're working hard and you're tough and you step on the mats with the professionals or guys at the higher level and stuff, they kind of expose us the bullshit you build within yourself to make yourself look successful, right? And if, you know, if you think you're tough, then go wake up six in the morning, go for a run, step in the cage, do the dieting, make the weight cut. There's all these little kind of, um, how do I say, like quality controls, the martial arts inputs them by default, right? Which makes sure that not anybody can go through those rings of fire, right? Mm -hmm. And if you do, you got to adapt, you got to grow and more more importantly, you got to be honest with yourself. So Mm -hmm. that's what it is. It just develops you to be a better human being within yourself. I couldn't agree more. What's up, boxing fans? Coach Jay here from the Empire Boxing Podcast. Love to shout out our partners at The Before Company, my favorite toothpaste right now. If you go online and make an order between now and December 31st, using the code EMPIRE in all caps, you will get a free tube of toothpaste sent with your order. So be sure to hit up that promotion and we will see you next time. Now, going back to early teens, you're finding martial arts. Which which martial art did you get into first? I started into boxing. I'm actually, no way. I, I started into boxing. My first one, um, it was this, um, so I started an MBI uh, boxing that used to be on, on Hastings and Gilmore, used to be underneath, underneath the strip club a um, long, long time ago. And then the bus route that I was taking, they kind of moved to another place. And then, and then I was with this Romanian, this Russian guy, they were boxing in Astoria. Yeah, and through the liquor store. Uh, yeah, but through the liquor store. Humble so beginnings under the strip clubs and liquor under, stores of the there world. There we go. <laughs> there you go. That sounds like boxing to me. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right? right. And then I walked in there, and then I don't know. I just walked in. There was a like kind of a Rocky movie. You know what yeah. I mean? And this case scared the shit out of me. And I was like, holy shit, this is. I I I just couldn't. Nothing else did it for me. After I, I used to play a lot of basketball, a lot of soccer, a lot of other sports, and after I just, just couldn't care. Yeah, and it just hooked me. Yeah, hooked me the honesty of. Of, of martial arts just fucking I, it, just, it just exposed everything to me that yeah. I wanted to know about myself it's the ultimate equalizer really Fuck isn't it, is. it now okay so you started in boxing uh, did you know right away that you wanted to go and, and fight competitively no but I, I one thing I'm good at is like a bullshit meter I, I have a hard time bullshitting myself so, yeah. so I was like so I, so I got into boxing never did anything I really enjoyed it um, and I was like, oh, well, what if somebody kicks you, you know? And then I, I went into, into, into this local gym, you know, for kickboxing and stuff. And I knew nothing about it. Yeah. And then somebody mentioned Muay Thai and I, I, I had no clue. So you like, just like the drink? Like, yeah, I, I, I didn't know. I was an immigrant. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know very well. And then yeah. I just did some research and like Thailand came up and, and I was like, holy shit. And I went to my mom and I had some money saved. Uh, and then I just went and bought a ticket the next day. Yeah. And I went to Thailand and I go to my mom. I'm going to Thailand. I was like 20, 21. She's like, what's Thailand? I'm like, I, I have no clue. I don't know, mom. It's just this this, this place that so-called all the best Muay Thai guys go there. And that's yeah. the next level from boxing. So I, I just went there, lived 
and staying in the gym and they just competed until mom's was like, when you come back, I'm like, when I run out of money. Yeah. And I just went to the one ticket, uh, one way ticket. And I went to the gym called Suwit. That was the first gym that I emailed three, four gyms. First gym that got back to me, I bought a ticket right on the spot, went to my mom, I'm leaving. Yeah. And, and after I came back, I just, it's just, it's just evolution. Like what if somebody takes you down and I got into MMA and. Right. And so the curiosity kind of killed the cat here. Like you yeah. just kept asking questions. Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? Yeah. I'm next like, thing you know, you're in fucking Thailand. Yeah. And that's, and yeah. And then never, so did never. your mom have a heart attack? What was that like for her? She was like, oh, okay. Well, one thing you learn in a, in a Eastern European family is like a strong mother. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So she's so sweet. So what was scarier stuff. going to Thailand or telling your mom you were going to Thailand? <laughs> <laughs> emotional baggage or physical, physical yeah, right? was Thailand. Emotional was mother. Yeah. Like that, but um, but no, she was she, again. She, you know, mom was her mom. You know what I mean to this day as well. Um, but yeah, I just didn't care. I'm always the guy that um, followed the heart. Yeah, and that's what I did. So you get there, you're surrounded by this like in totally new environment, totally new disciplines, physical disciplines. What was that like? What was it like getting stuck into that? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I've, right I've, away you just knew. I, 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 I and then and also I, I when I went even like I'm the weird guy. I go to Thailand. I don't drink. Mm. I don't go out. I don't party. I don't do anything mm -hmm. because even when I'm here, sometimes you all get into trouble, you know, and then you always kind of have an excuse that there's distractions, distractions. I do go to my yeah. training camp and when I dream and I always ask for a, for a perfect like, you know, environment to train in. So when I do go there, I just, I, I just soak up as much as I can. I'm literally yeah. on the mats two, three hours in the morning. Then I go on my own in the afternoon and a couple of times and I'm there like three times a day, yeah. every day and trying to soak up as much. And I've always had the mentality of be a student of the game. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, especially in mixed martial arts, like, like we were, we were talking about kind of boxing before and, you know, it's like you have one, you have the skills that encompass within boxing to perfect, but in martial arts is very interesting. It's like, you have to get as good as you can at as many different aspects of different disciplines as possible. And how is that? Like, that's such a hard thing to balance. Like I was recently just talking to Jamie Siraj about this, you know, how, how do you feel about how you expand that toolkit and what the perfect formula is when you're going about that as a mixed martial artist? To me, it's easy. It's honesty. Yeah. Right. So first of all, I always say your personality dictates what type of fighter you're going to be. Mm. Why? Because fighting is risk management. If I tell you, hey, you want to flip a coin for five million dollars, you'd be like, that's the stupidest bet. Somebody might say, I'll put 10 on it. Mm -hmm. So everybody's risk management is different. It means how we take chances and how we how we interpret danger and probability and the odds are different. Right. Mm -hmm. So so when you when I, so when I when I walked into martial arts, I was like, hey, what are the key components? Mm -hmm. I'll never be a good wrestler, but I need a good double, a good single and a good sprawl. I'll never be a good boxer. But what I need from a footwork and good jab distance management, what mm -hmm. I need for kickboxing, why I need a good low kick and a good knee, what I need for Muay Thai, clinching and elbowing. Right. So you got to kind of pick and choose hmm. who you are, what type of personality, what type of fighter you are. And as a result, you got to glue all the certain tools or shields that you want to be successful in a battle. But if somebody looks at the whole thing as martial arts, it's overwhelming. Super overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Right. So, so you, you, you can't approach a complex problem from an outside. It's got to be within, mm -hmm. which means that's what it's again, martial arts come back to mm -hmm. ironing out any bullshit you have within yourself, expose your holes and work on them. Right. That's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is. And you know, deep down inside, we all, one brain is weird. Once the brain figure out it can bullshit itself, your whole life can do, can be based on that. It bullshit itself. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Brain is weird. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I always say, you want to sum up every single health, self-help book you ever read, call your own bullshit out. Yeah. Literally, that's all it is, right? And the yeah. minute you can be honest with yourself, the minute you can start growing and, ex and filling out anything you want to improve. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting, <laughs> like, to hear you say that. You talk about it, it with, from a very um, intellectual perspective. Do you have a background in something else, like academia of some kind? Just stupidity. 
<laughs> I'm a PhD yeah. in being an idiot. No, but I mean, listen, fighting is easy. Life is hard. Yeah. Right. I'm. You know, I, I grew up in war. Um. You know, it, it's it's hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I I and and then like I always talk about one thing that my mom. I always taught, learned from my mom. This is what I learned from my mom was the power of consistent grind. Mm-hmm. Like you know, she she when she came here. You know, there's no money, like work two, three jobs, just stuck to it, put 20 bucks aside, 40 bucks aside, yeah, just 200, just a constant, just grind mm-hmm. and just this outlook on, you know, like I tell people, the older you get, life doesn't become happier or sad, it becomes heavier. Mm-hmm. Now that way it slows people down or that way it makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. And as life goes on, I take pride. Pressure is a privilege. Mm-hmm. And I run towards expectations, right? So mm-hmm. I take pride the fact that I can put a lot of weight to my shoulders and still carry that with somewhat good speed in life, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's one thing I learned from my mom and just, just show up every day and consistently grind. Right. Who is the most influential coach in your career so far? <laughs> Depends. In what, what chapter am I? Let's start with uh, boxing. Oh, uh, it's like in, in, in boxing was weird because nobody. Mm. <laughs> Well, it well, just well, got you well, in the door, basically. Well, 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 boxing is such a lonely spot. I have, I have so much respect for fucking boxers. So they're like weirdly unique to me as in wrestlers, but they're like opposite, right? Um, boxing is such a lonely sport. Hmm. Just go fucking hit the bag for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and you fucking work hard and then you hope you get an attention of a of a coach, he looks at you, comes in there, makes one small adjustment in your hook, and then he fucks off for three weeks, and you're just doing that, hopefully, oh my God, this kid is hungry. So it's kind of like mm. like daddy issues in boxing. <laughs> that's how I look at it. Honestly, that's, that's I have to agree. Like, you, yeah. you see that play out so well, many it's times, a, it's in a, positive ways and in, in negative, negative ways. ways. But it's this weird, boxing is weird. This is where it fucking rubbed me the wrong way. Boxing is weird with this weird ownership. Hmm. The fucking coaches feel this weird ownership. It's my guy. Of the, it's, it's my, my guy. guy. It's my post- this. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, my it's- this. And he fucking rubbed me the wrong way, man. As a immigrant, nobody's got fucking power over me. Are you guys fucking insane, right? And 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 and, and that was one thing that, that that in boxing, it's like no, like hey, bro, like give me some fucking love, you know. I and you earn it as well and all that stuff as well. But as soon as there there's this weird ownership of like you're this team, you got it. And I'm like whoa, 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 nobody yeah. fucking owns me. It's 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 true. It's interesting. Like it's like it's almost like clout chasing or something like that. Yeah. Well, and then and it becomes down this weird manipulation of like, well, I have all the answers, so therefore you need me. Mm. You know what I mean? And and and. And I always think as a fighter, man, I always say a good teacher needs a good student and a good student needs a good teacher, which means they both bring equal value to the table. Mm-hmm. And the minute you overshift the power, that's where imbalance and fucking power mm-hmm. comes in, in play. And I don't mm-hmm. want those types of relationships. So that's why I never kind of got into deeper into boxing. And also I wanted to do, I was really interested into Olympics and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I was a young kid and we're poor. And then when your mom was, and then they're like, oh, there's no sponsorship. So, and then I remember the coach was saying, oh, it costs about three to $5,000 to go into Olympic boxing. And that was like, you know, 15 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like telling a kid, you know, $50,000. I'm like, yeah, the fuck am I going to get that from? You're like, cool. Or, so yeah, never. cool. So, okay. So what's another cheaper sport than boxing? Mm-hmm. Oh, Muay Thai. So they're dumber. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go here. No, just- <laughs> and so was there, was there a coach that stood out to you in the discipline of Muay Thai? Yeah, I had, I had, I had, I had, I had quite a few. Um, I had one with Joe Vasali um, from Dynamic MMA. He was a karate guy. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, like a generation before when the karate was big and stuff. And he was really a guy who kind of got me exposed into um, technical aspect of it. Um, and then, and then there's another local guy, Jason Fenton. Um, he's 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 really good technical and stuff. But I just kind of, um, I, I, I. I don't know. I just, I, I just found the best tool is, is, is ability to self-improve yourself, right? The minute I lean on somebody else, 
for my success is 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 the is the minute that's a losing mm-hmm. recipe, right? Mm-hmm. So I really so as as a result, I was all over the place. I really got a chance to just travel the world and just dissect. And like for example, if I spar against you and if you throw a left hook and you keep landing it, I'd pull you aside. Hey, do I suck or are you good? Mm-hmm. You'd be like, hey bro, you suck. Well, why? Every time you throw you throw a jab, your lead hand is down, I mean your power hand is down, so my left hook lands. Or if you're like, no, I'm good. Well, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why well, jab? I step. So then mm-hmm. I just started really dissecting and self-educating through my failures in 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 martial arts, and and that's how I kind of grew because mm-hmm. I was I was always lonely, mm-hmm. in, in in and I was one of the first guys in the beginning here that just kind of went all over the place because I figured out not everybody has all the answers. Right. Now it's interesting, like a, a, a ca- kind of a character quality that pops in as I'm kind of getting to know you and listening to you talk <laughs> is self-reliance. You have a lot of self-reliance. So like, where does that come from in you? How did that, how did that grow or build and kind of what made you have that ability to tap into a mindset of like, Hey, like it's me, it's me to help me. That's it. Well, I mean, listen, as, 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 as kids, like I said, man, we, we ate from garbage cans, no joke. Right. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I'm half Serbian, half Croatian and stuff like that. And I, I went through a lot of racism as a kid. Um, I remember one time, you know, I walked on the wrong side of the street and I got really beat up really badly. And I didn't even know why. And I was like, I came home. I was a troublemaker as a kid. And I was like, oh, you fucking, what did you do? Again? I'm like, I didn't do anything much. Yeah. like, no bullshit. What did you do? I'm like, I have no idea. Same as there's an N word for black people. There's a derogatory words for, for, for Serbians and Croatians. They kept calling me that word and they beat me up because, you know, you, it mm-hmm. happened by Croatian people, uh, uh, kids. And then my mom had to sit me down. This is what racism is. This is and all yeah. that. So, so, you know, and then we had no food. We, you eat by the garbage and 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 everything and you just you just rely on yourself and when like i said my mom was a strong cookie like when, when there's like a peace treaty got signed and then we're gonna escape and then my dad couldn't leave because he was in in the army and my, my mom took a handgun and, and a pistol and she walked from boston to croatia Fuck. we took us three weeks we slept we we hitchhiked we slept on the street we we bribed and and all that stuff and everything and then we, and then my mom, like, we had no idea what relatives were. So we and just how old kinda, were you at the time? I, I was about uh, 10, 11. So 10, 11 years old, you're getting your metal tested that, on well, that I mean, level. But th- th- there's did it occur to you, like, what it was that you were experiencing? Or did later in life, did you look back and go, holy shit? Both. Normality is normality. Right. Or whatever it is. Whether you have $100 million or, or you're in debt a million dollars, right? Yeah. Eventually, reality becomes a reality. So at the time, you know, you, you kind of understand and you're scared and stuff. But, you know, you look at your mom and do this and do, you know, and she, like I said, my, my mom was a strong cookie. She, she just took us out. And then we went to the city. We had no idea where relatives were. We kind of knew, let's say like, I, I know you're in Yale town. Yeah. And then she took us a day and a half. My mom just walked. She just knocked door to door. Do you know this person? No, next door. And it eight, six, eight hours. We slept on the street and wake up more energy, keep doing the same thing. And, yeah. and I'll never forget it. And she knocked one time and then my uncle opened the door. My mom just collapsed. Yeah. Crying. And that was four weeks took us to get there and stuff. So like life is hard, mm. you know what I mean? And I, so martial arts is easy to me. It's my own little bullshit meter that keeps me humbly in love with life. Mm. So it's so interesting like that, <laughs> you know, something like most people, I think, you know, watch, you know, martial arts or, or, you know, boxing, whatever it is. And they cannot comprehend being one of the two people in the cage or in the ring. And in your particular situation you're like that's easy to me because I've been through what real hard looks like at the age of like 10 or 11 years old so comparatively it's like yeah I'll get in there and bang but I tell everybody man before that I won the life lottery Mm. if you do the mathematical odds there's 8 billion people in the world 
four million in Vancouver. Not only do I get to live in one of the best countries in the world, I got to live in the best fucking city in the world. If you do the mathematical odds, I won a life lottery. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget it, man. I came here, I was like 12 years old. I went into high school or 13. And I was grade eight. And I'll never forget it. It's like this teacher, oh, well, welcome, blah, blah, blah. She was just talking normally. And she was like, you know, welcome kids, grade eight, this and that. And you guys can do anything you want in the world. That was the first time I heard it. I just raised my hand. Yeah. And she's like, yes. I'm like, what do you, what do you like, what do you mean anything? She just looked at me weird, like, yeah, like anything. Raised my hand up the third time, like, 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 like anything. She's like, anything. And that was the time, my imagination. I just started looking around. I'm like, my parents are working hard. It was like a first generation of a lot of Serbian, like mixed, mixed people that came mm-hmm. in here after the fall of Yugoslavia. Everybody, I'm like, fuck, man, there's got to be a better way in this. And that's where I said the imagination of creativity and freedom and just follow your heart and all kind of bit into that mm. as, as a kid. And then I just started going down the wrong paths. Like I got kicked out of high schools and I was going down the wrong paths and all that stuff. But then once I bit into to the martial arts app, and I'm like, hey man, this is my meal ticket. Mm-hmm. This is my, I got nothing else. Yeah. Either there's trouble in the street because I was a street kid. I got kicked out of high school, all that stuff or, or, or sports. Yeah. And it took me a while to fully transition and stuff. But once I made that leap, man, I'm like, I hang on to this. Like my life depends on yeah. it because it does. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing how, you know, like everyone's story is obviously unique, but there is a common theme in, in boxing as well as martial arts. It, it truly saves lives and takes kids off the streets and otherwise w- would have gone down really bad paths. Oh my like, God, I would Course I, corrects people, right? And in the nature of violence, there's peace. Yo, 100%, 100%, man. To be violent, you have to be peaceful, right? And mm-hmm. and, and people, it, it does. It, it, it really does um, play a positive, positive role. So when you got back from Thailand... Yeah. What happened next for you? Not, I, nothing. I, I just went into the first um, MMA gym that, that was close by. I went in it and stuff. Uh, four weeks after, I had my first amateur MMA fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, I, was, I, I won. Um, don't know how, but I won. I was a heavier <laughs> guy. I fought at 208 was my, and I weight cut it and stuff for that. I was that Eastern European guy who would eat nothing but bread mm. and then be surprised why my, why I got extra 40 pounds on me, mm. right? I wake up in the morning, my mom more. And it, when you're poor, you can't eat salami because it's expensive. Right. So poor man's food is bread. It fills you up. Mm-hmm. So my mom always made bread at home. So we grew up just eating bread, bread and butter and put yeah. little strips of prosciutto if you can, yeah. that, and that was about it. But yeah. you make sure you get a big loaf of bread, fill yourself yeah. up. So yeah, that was my first one. I, I had a fight after that and never looked back. Wow. Um, a year or so later, I turned pro. A little bit too early, I think. Um, yeah, it was just a little bit too early. I don't really have a, it was just one of those weird ones. Like my coach kind of, we never talked about it. He's like, hey man, do you want to fight? I'm like, yeah, do you want to get paid or not paid? I'm like, oh, oh, no way. I get paid. Yeah. And then, okay, cool. And I fought and I won. He's like, well, now you're pro. I was like, oh, I didn't know what that meant. So I was like, Okay, I kind of felt like my virginity got taken away. Without you really rom- being consensual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you're like, I okay. wanted more of a buildup. I yeah. expected a little yeah. more. And it was just like, oh, it felt like a one-night stand. Just so woke you, up the next morning. You debuted the, and like yeah, didn't even realize didn't it? Didn't even nothing, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, that's hilarious. Yeah, and then yeah, and then that's why in the beginning it was win one, lose one, win one, yeah. lose one. It took me a while to put it all together and stuff. And then once I did... Things went good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, the, the first time you fought for a, a title, tell us about that. What do you want to know? What was that experience like for you? Uh, fucking Because it was almost yeah. like it was almost like a virginity comeback. Yeah, in well, a lot of ways, well, right? Well, 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 first two times I lost for the title is the third time I won. Right, first time I'm, um, I think I fought Curtis Harriet or Ash. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. I fought one of them and I got dumped and my arm snapped in half. Um, 
And then, and the second one I lost, I went against Ash. That was the second time we fought. I won 98% of the fight. Like I broke his orbital, broke his nose. I'm mm. just piecing him apart. Life is good, but tough motherfucker. Um, yeah, I just made one mistake. I took him in the ground and he slipped, took my back and choked me out. Um, and that was the first time I was like, fuck, I got my heart broken. I, and I, and kind of the bitter of the, the bittersweet of reality where you just never fucking know. Mm. Right. Anything um, can happen. Yeah, and, and then the, finally the third time I fought for the belt that I actually won it. So yeah. So it, it it took it took me a bit. It took me um took me a bit to get the belt and stuff. But it felt great, man. It felt like like a stamp of approval. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And yeah. And when you back. already had the you already had the you know the respect of, for the the process of that constant grind. So it doesn't sound like there's any quit in you. Well, you know, you know, you know what I heard on that fucking fun fascinating. She, um, she's a, I listen to a lot of fucking coaching. I, I, the, mm. the, the reason I love coaches is because they figure out a mind. Mm -hmm. And and all as a coach is doing is managing personalities, right? And I was listening to this. Um, she actually happened to be a female coach for U, um, USA soccer. She's mm. one of the best coaches and stuff like that. And I was listening to her. She's like, as a champion, she's like, to be a champion, think for you climb a really big mountain, right? Mm. The air is thin. You can't stay too long. You can enjoy the view. So if you stay there too long, the air is thin, you become weak, you can't defend it as much. So think of every time you're going, you're defending a belt, you're reclimbing the mountain. So climb back down, which means the challenger and the, and the champion should have the same mindset because they're both climbing the hill mm -hmm. at the same time. If you get to the top, don't stay too long. And I really like that analogy. Like, so every time I do fight for the belt and stuff, I really think I'm a challenger because it's the same fucking difference. Mm -hmm. the, the belt is for the taking. Yeah. So I'm not a champion, I'm a challenger. Yeah. I just happen to be fight for it last but at the end of the day, it's the same thing. So I don't look at myself as a champ. I see myself as a challenger. That's a really interesting way of putting that. I love that. Now, something else you said in the pre-show, you were talking about how you broke down the way you see different martial arts. 100%. Go through that. Because I thought that was well, I thought that was awesome. Well, like I said, like I, I look at wrestling honestly as, as efficient force. Because in wrestling, you have to be strong. So whoever's as strong is the most efficient. You know what I mean? And wrestling to me is a mindset with a lifestyle. They just have a different mindset. Mm -hmm. Now, depending on your lifestyle, depends how successful you are. Mm -hmm. As in, so that's what I look at it. It's efficient power. They look to be efficient and powerful. Boxing is perfection. It's perfection. That's what it is. It's a pursuit of perfection. Mm -hmm. So boxing is, right? Kickboxing, you know, it's, it's, it's controlled aggression. That's what kickboxing is. Muay Thai, it's controlled violence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, 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 and that's how I look at all, all those sports. They all have their unique mindsets mm -hmm. and they all have their, and they all have a different unique mind of approaching the same problem, which is, you know what I mean? Violence. Right. And that's mm -hmm. why I, I, I love boxing. Boxing is perfection. I took a lot of like footwork and stuff that I tell all, every, whoever I teach, what does every sport have in common? Footwork. What mm -hmm. do all great athletes have in common? Footwork. What makes them unique is a left hook, head movement, cardio, right hand, you know, a soccer kick, a dunk, but Footwork, footwork, and that's one thing I started really appreciating of from boxing mm -hmm. that I that I contribute to so much of my success mm -hmm. um, as a martial artist. When I think, um, the, also like the Eastern European style of footwork has brought boxing to just another level. You see the way like you know uh, Usyk moves, uh, Dimitri Bivol, like these guys are bringing. And constantly circling to the opponent's left, yeah, left, left. Yeah. Just, and it, it's it's beautiful to watch. Like, how much of that have you studied, or do you listen in, or and how much of that is useful for mixed martial arts? Because there's there's translation, and there's also things that don't work about boxing, right? Again, know your audience. Mm. You, that's all I'm trying to say, right? If like that's what I tell, know your audience. That's what's mixed martial art. So, gatekeepers depend on matchups. 
right? Because you win one, you lose one, you win three, you lose one. You, you, you're always up and down. Those are gatekeepers. Champions have the intellectual ability to adapt to the problem that's in front of them. So know your audience. Don't stand in a wide boxing stance if the guy's a Muay Thai kicker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm, you know, but don't stay in a Muay Thai stance if the guy's a wrestler, mm-hmm. right? So there's, so, so, so nothing works and everything works. Mm-hmm. You, you just know your audience. Mm-hmm. And, and then that's how I say, so, so, so I always sell never, never follow a person who teaches and preaches an absolute because one answer doesn't solve every problem. Absolutely. Right. So if somebody tells you, do you do this stance for martial arts? Well, you're a fool. You know what I mean? You can take certain, certain aspects of it and stuff, but again, adapt, ad, martial arts all adapting. Mm-hmm. That's all it is, right? And Problem solving at 100 miles an hour. Problem solving at 100 miles an hour. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah, well, someone's trying to slap you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So and talk about BJJ and, and how you kind of, you were breaking down the different disciplines. How do you break down BJJ from a uh, mindset? Creativity, mm. right? Because you see these days, there's so much creativity and that's how you can see a guy who's not as physically strong, but he can, he can be clever. It's, 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 it's literally creativity in these days now, you know, obviously on, on online right now, I, I feel BJJ is going through its own kind of, um, identity crisis a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Or, break that down for us. Cause I, I agree with you. Well, I mean, they just don't know what they are, right. You know, they, 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 they want all the glory of mainstream, but they all want the violence and stuff of the underground world. You know what I mean? So they're kind of having this, like, you know, what's, they, they don't have, they don't have a moral compass. Right now, mm-hmm. it's the leg locks frowned upon that are not frowned upon. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Is guard pulling frowned upon? How do we do the whole mm-hmm. whole um, system? Do submissions only, not submission points? What's mm-hmm. value? What's not? So they're really going through that, uh, like I say, like identity crisis. And and nobody wants to work as a team. Like I always say, like even, even with society these days, mm-hmm. everybody's trying to win an argument. Nobody's trying to solve it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel in jujitsu right now is nobody's trying to solve an argument. They're just trying to win the argument, which right. comes down to let's just yell at each other louder it's that I'm stalemate. right. Yeah. And it's a stalemate, right? Yeah. The more you yell at me, I'm right. The more I yell at you, you're wrong. So yeah. that's so you're just trying to win it. You're not trying to solve it, yeah. which means both both bo- both sides when it comes to systems of, of submission only and, and points and stuff like that. But there's somewhere middle ground. I'm not an expert to do it, but that's how I feel the sport is going through and it's, and it's slipping more and more towards karate because karate used to be deadly sport, blah, blah. But once it gets com- commercialized to make money and, and please sponsorships, not the arts itself, it gets diluted. Mm-hmm. Now, and within that sort of BJJ identity crisis, we've also seen it become massively popular from something that was just like, you do you do what? What does that stand for? To something that like everyone's sister is starring. Yeah. What do you think, like... Let me ask you a question, though. When you say massively popular, on what end? Uh, Attendance-wise or financially-wise? Yeah, great question. That's when you say popular, yeah, the numbers are up. Uh, Financially, they're not in in, in the BJJ world. still a very poor, poor, poor community, but attendance are up. So the sponsorships are winning, (laughs) and then the people that put the tournaments are winning, and then the guys that are losing are the athletes, right? I think more from, like, a just even, like just like a gen pop perspective of hobbyists, people coming in and trying the sport. It, it, is, it is blown up that way. hundred oh, percent. Why do you think that happened? Um, one, well, like, again, like, like, like many reasons, like one, people are getting more educated, just like any subject, the more education you have, the more, less emotional decision you make. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I think people are just seeing, listen, man, it is like violence is part of society. Um, and I also think it is a safe sport that any gender, any size and any person can, can kind of dabble into, right? So it's a safe way to kind of iron it out and get it, get a little bit better and stuff like that. So I think that's mainly why. Hmm. 
Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I was trying to think the other day about like, what, what sort of like, was that tipping point? Like, you know, things usually in popularity scales, there's always a tipping point that happens. And next thing you know, yeah. it's like landslide. And I was kind of trying to figure out like what that tipping point was for people. And I was wondering, it kind of happened around the COVID ish time. I feel like it really started, you know, hitting the ground, maybe 2020, 2019 or something from like a, a just a gen popularity perspective. And I wonder if there's something to that. I wonder if there's something. Uh, listen, I'm, uh, one answer doesn't, you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm sure there is. Like it's a contribution of everything, you know, 10% COVID, 10% mainstream, yeah. more gyms popping up, less gyms closing down. So there's like this, it's like when, 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 you know, you never knew which gyms were going to survive, which not. And there's a lot of, and then you didn't know if the shit was going to go worse or bad. So yeah. a lot of people are like, Hey man, I gotta, I gotta learn how to defend myself. Right. And, yeah. and I'm not saying every gym invested into, but 90% of gyms that survived invested into blinds. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, Talk yeah. to us about how that was for Universal that time. Emotionally frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a heavy time. It was. It, it, you, you just survive. Um, how, what, where, you know, we, we all did whatever we did. And, and you know, you, you, you try to play within the rules. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you got, you, you got to feed yourself, right? So you, you stay within the route, you know, within the rules. But at the end of the day, man, if I'm going to say, if I'm going to go down, I might as well go down fighting. And we all had different types of fighting. Somebody was going through privates online. Mm -hmm. Somebody was bluntly open. Other mm -hmm. people were just kind of half open, half closed. So we all kind of winged it because they were changing new things every time. So, mm -hmm. but I don't care. It doesn't matter. Even if it fell apart, it makes no difference. Mm -hmm. I know what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I, and I do, and I do it because, because I love what I do and I would have made another gym anyway. So if it, if it died out, it made mm -hmm. no difference to me. I would have popped up anyway. So mm -hmm. now what, um, what was that like for you as a, as a competitor and as an athlete during that time? What did you like, was that difficult for sort of the trajectory that you had in mind took with the, the best fights? years of my life? Yeah. Took the best years. I'm 38. Yeah. Right. When we opened up a year ago, 37, 36 and a half, three years close, 33 to 36. No right? events, no fighting, no events, minimal no anything. sparring. And like then now, now I'm not, now I'm in that weird lingo where, listen, the, 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 the worst thing you can ever do to an old man is make his life on a potential. So I'm potential. I'm almost there. I'm almost mm -hmm. there. I'm almost there. And it's fucking every fight. Almost, almost, almost. Right. So it's like everything to me is based on potential. I'm tired of fucking potential when mm -hmm. I cash it in. Mm -hmm. Right. So now I'm kind of getting at that age where I want a family, I want kids. I have a successful business. I have new generation. I'm kind of lingering mm -hmm. where man, I, 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 I feel good. I feel, I, I feel healthy. I, you know, I, I feel youthful. Mm -hmm. um, so I still feel like I got a couple of years to, to, to do what I want to do, but I want to do it at the highest levels but I'm almost there. So I, I have this conflict of what, uh, what the smart thing to do is do you, do you leave on the top or do you, or, or am I in it too long? So hmm. that's kind of where I'm having that midlife crisis with my career. Interesting. And what is your gut kind of on that right now? Go for it. Yeah. I'll go for it, man. I'm not afraid to lose. There's no, listen, I, 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 I had massive fights. One thing I fucking realized, okay, this weekend, what was the biggest fight? Uh, Pereira and, and Asanya, and Asanya yeah. right? It's news for two days. After you, nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck. So that's, there's no pressure on me. It doesn't yeah. matter. Either you get pity hugs or congratulation hugs. Once you leave their site, people don't care about you. Not in a bad way, in a healthy yeah. way. Even once I leave, I'm not going to think of you. My life problems come away. Yeah, it'll sure. cross my mind. I hope she's good. And beyond that, it, give it a week. I won't think of you for months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which means there's no pressure. There's yeah. only pressure the one you put on yourself, which means, and I'm not afraid to lose. I'm mm -hmm. not. So it doesn't matter. I'm in a good place in life. Mm -hmm. That's that's amazing. And like, what a good mindset. And I think that, you know, it's, uh, well, it'll play out. I think you're ultimately in control of where that goes. Yeah, and 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 I I don't corner myself. Like I'm, I'm how do I say this politely? Like 
Don't worry about politely. No, not even politeness. Like, <laughs> like, like it's it's like I I I don't try to be poor rich. What I mean by that is people have ten pairs of shoes, but they can't pay their cell phone bill. You know what I mean? Mm. So I'm good. Like I, I, I as an immigrant, you 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 you, you your core has to be strong. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that that that's what I do. I do all the right stuff. I do yoga. You know what I mean? I pay my bills. I have savings. I'm I'm in a good place in life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So so I'm not acting out of desperation, which means listen. UFC won't give me a stamp of approval in life that I'm good or I'm not. I am fucking good. I travel the world. I, I, I train with the best guys, with the UFC guys. I, I know I belong up there, mm -hmm. right? But whether I, not everybody gets what they deserve. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's the reality of life, right? But, but, um, but, I, but I want it. I'm mm -hmm. working hard for it. And here's my model. You aim for perfection, but you live in reality. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that's how I conduct myself. I truly am. I aim for perfection. I want to be a UFC champion, but I live in reality. Life mm -hmm. is life. Mm -hmm. now, what now, um what... Are, are you spending more time or equal parts time? Like, obviously you're running a business uh, and are you coaching as well? Yeah. Yeah. And you have, so do, are you coaching yeah, amateur? You're coaching pro? Easy. Both. Everything. Both, well, both, both. Um, coaching. Um, I, I'm, I'm developing my guys. I have, I have, I have, I have a handful of young guys that are, the, you know, that are part of my gym and stuff for that, that I really, that I, th I really think, man, they can shine in life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm, but, I, but I'm coaching, like, you know, I, I have an input on some of people's like training camps, asking for mm -hmm. help and stuff like that, but they're not my guys, mm -hmm. you know, like, but I, but I, but I love helping out, man. I, 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 I love, I, I play a role. I realize I just don't care. Like I tell them all, man, I'm like, I, I, I don't care as a coach. I shouldn't. It's your, it's, it's, it's your dream. I only care two levels under you. So how much you care is that's how much I care two levels under you, right? Because mm -hmm. I shouldn't care about your dream as much as I do. And my job as a coach is not to make you work hard. Mm -hmm. My job as a coach is to make you fall in love with the sport. How you treat things you love is how you treat things you love. Mm -hmm. That's your character that I have to kind of help you out iron out. But I can't, I can't make you train hard. As a coach, you get quantity, not quality. Quality mm -hmm. comes from self-care mm -hmm. of the product you produce, mm -hmm. right? So once you love something... I, you know what I mean? It's, it's, I, you know, then, then you, if you cherish it, you work hard on it, then you're good. So I don't, I, 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 I coach, but I also, I don't overstep my boundaries. I don't care. Right. Like, I right. don't care. And I help you. I tell them all, like, I don't, you're not my meal ticket. Yeah. I tell all my fighters, you guys don't get it. I don't need you to eat well. I need you to be successful so you can eat well. Yeah. You need to fight for your life. I fought for my life. I'm good. Yeah. So, so this isn't some manipulation that I need you. You're my golden ticket. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. You show up, you show up, you don't, you don't. Mm -hmm. Don't care. I'm not. A, so that's how I look at it. Yeah. Responsibilities on your shoulder to get better in life. Yeah. Interesting. I guess what I was, uh, <laughs> what I was kind of like thinking was, you know, you're still trying to be an active competitor. But, and yeah. then it, there's all, I would, I've seen it a few times play out where people are kind of like their competitive career and then their coaching career. It's like kind of clashing a little bit because the amount of yourself that you need to invest to being a professional athlete performing at the highest level mm -hmm. is going to get subtracted upon by anything else that you're putting time into, including coaching, like your personal life, your business, whatever it, it deducts from that energy and that time. Right. So how do you balance being a coach and then being a competitor at the same time? Uh, to me, that's, mm. I get to me, that's, I mean, I get to be in the fucking gym. I get to be in the fucking gym for like eight hours a day, 12 hours a day. Do you think that's day. a mindset thing? Oh, Cause I've I, seen I, that go wrong. Oh, I fucking love it. Yeah, I, okay. I, 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 I love martial arts. Do you know what's different between a good coach and a bad coach? Tell me what you think. A bad coach runs out of options in life. So he becomes a coach. A good coach chooses to be a coach. Hmm. I'm here by choice. Not by, not by because of life failures and eliminations of my possibility to be successful. And this film, so I choose mm -hmm. to be here. So I love what I do. I, I fucking, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm in the gym all the time. Even before I came here, I, I, I did yoga, sauna, weights, swim, 
did a private train shadow box came for a walk like I, I i love it life is precious life is i have, I have energy i wake up in the morning i'm drooling of of motivation like mm-hmm. man i i i i i'm in the gym all the time to me i, I get to teach and I train mm-hmm. when I do privates, I spar with them. I get to train like I'm, I'm training all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm getting better. I'm dissecting. I'm watching what you do. Um, yeah, I, I, I love it. I love it. To me, it doesn't doesn't take nothing. It adds. Amazing. That's yeah. And I think that's that's maybe like something unique to you or like a framing thing, because I've definitely seen it go wrong for either the student isn't getting the kind of coaching that they need because the coach is like split between like, well, I got to spend time over here if I still want to be a competitive athlete or there's like an identity crisis around, well, am I relevant anymore? Am I still going to be, am I going to be, you know, be able to perform at the highest level still? Um, you know, and then it's kind of like this, this power struggle within, within the coach that's also trying to, you know, still be a competitive athlete in their prime. So I think that's a really, really amazing mindset and and you're right like it it is, it is a blessing, obviously. But it's also, you have to work. Everybody has to work. This is what I don't get about, 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 about people, even one of my, one of my students was like, Oh, do I work or do I train full time? Right. But I'm like, okay, but if you can't handle a four hour a day job, four days a week, mm-hmm. how are you going to handle fame mm-hmm. when you have million dollars, podcast, shoe line, um, you know what I mean? Traveling the world, girls, cocaine, drugs, you can't even <laughs> handle, but it's true, yeah. right? If you can't handle a four hour gig in a job, you give nothing of, you give two fucking shits about it. how are you going to handle fame, bro? Yeah. How are you going to handle, you, you can't do that four hours a day, three times a week, yeah. but you think you're going to handle fame, million dollars, girls using bad management, drugs, you know what I'm tr- like, yeah. right? So what do you think it comes down to? Like a lack of discipline? Um, this, this system doesn't produce enough hungry bellies for you to be motivated enough to sacrifice everything to be successful, mm-hmm. right? The environment it's not as cruel. There's you know, no like, scarcity. Well, it's just th- abundance. Th- but it's exactly. And then why would I sacrifice 10 years, best years of my life, 20s? I tell them all my students, hey, man, careful. You, you're giving me two most valuable things you possess, your finance and your time. Invest it wisely because I already got what I wanted out of you. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get what you want out of this deal. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know what I mean? So, so, so you're sacrificing like, you know, best years, best years of your life. Make sure you get something out of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. There seems to be a super... Um, a shift sort of in the younger generations coming up too as well. And I think you know a lot why? of like the younger generations, you know like, why? well, I, I think part of it comes down to what you were saying too, is like, it's, things are too fucking easy. But also because the, the double-edged sword with this sport becoming a mainstream, you're not attracting tough guys. You're attracting athletes. Mm. Athletes conduct themselves differently as soon as, so they're thinking as athletes, oh, my knee's a little bit busted. I'm taking two weeks off. As a fighter says, fuck it, I'm fighting. Yeah. Right. So when you attract more athletes, the mindset becomes a bit different, right? There's difference between a fighter and an athlete. What do you think is the perfect formula? What ratio of toughness to fighter or to athlete? I always said that before. You have to be stupidly intelligent. Hmm. If you're too smart, you overthink. If you're too stupid, you have the game plan. You have yeah. to be intelligently stupid to be successful in any type of aspect you do in life. Yeah. So, and, and okay, so let's talk about the rock clay <laughs> yeah. of that. Is that nature over nurture? Like, you is, is this individual coming out like that or are they learning to be that way? No, they're learning, man. I always say, man... Nobody's, I'm a, I'm a born a fighter. Nobody's born a fucking fighter. Some people are born tougher than you. Nobody's born a fighter. How do I know? Because, because if you're not a trained person, you, you react instinctually. So if somebody, if I throw something to your face, you're acting instinctually, which means it takes years and years and years for you to react normally and properly and intelligently. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how tough you are. If you're not a trained fighter, you're not a trained fighter, right? So I think tough guys are attracted, but fighters are made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that actually sums it up. Awesome. Now, what do you prefer? Do you have a preference, Stri- uh, grappling or striking? 
I go through my phases, man. Yeah, um, what phase are you in right now? Fuck a wrestling phase. I yeah. f- oh my god, I, I I just can't get enough. For the last <laughs> three, four, five years, I've been been wrestling, 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 and actually. Don't judge me, because you will. But um, I've been falling in love more with gi jiu-jitsu. Okay, recently? Yeah, about a couple of years. Do you want to yeah. have a talk and a little cry, uh, <laughs> a cry after the podcast together? No, and preferably. We can put on some rash guards, and then we'll, you'll feel like yourself again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what did it talk to me about the gi? Because like, it is this, like, you know, it, it is the age-old debate. Like, gi, no gi. Like, what about the gi is you're falling in love I, with I, the gi? I don't even understand what the bait is. Like, I don't, I don't understand fucking this, this human nature to dissect things. They're both fucking good and bad in their own way. Yeah. Listen, no gi is more athletic. And it's more cardio based. Gi is more technical. So if I'm sore and beat up and I'm working my technique, give my fucking gi. Yeah. But if I'm working my cardio, my explosiveness, and my ability to control without the proper hooks, give me yeah. my no gi. Yeah. And 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 that's how I look at it. Like there's no one is no better than the other. This is what I kickbox is not better than boxing mm. or or their muay thai. It's just it's, just, it's 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 subtle differences that they both have their fucking shit you can use and not use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. But you have no like between striking and grappling. You have no preference for what you enjoy training more. I, I listen. I'm uh, how I think. I'm a striker. Yeah. I think as a striker. You, that's what I was oh, thinking. Like you started I, in boxing. I, I, I think like a striker. Yeah. That, that's how I think. Like when you step forward, oh, the weight is here. Okay, the she didn't jab. She put the weight. Like I think, analyze, feel everything as a as as a striker. But because because I think like that, I love. I, I just love grappling. Like it's it's just this new bug that keeps me entertained mentally and keeps me stimulated to go back in the gym. So I love yeah. striking and everything. And for me now, striking is kind of just a quality numbers game where I think I have my technique as well enough, but I'm at that numbers game now. Mm-hmm. Just throw enough, throw enough quality mm-hmm. as in, as in um, with with grappling, I'm learning more. I'm like the learning curve is much more higher, so I'm much more stimulated. Last three, four, five years, because I'm right. learning so much more. What do you? Which discipline do you think has the the biggest syllabus? Because I would argue jujitsu has like the biggest. What, what's what syllabus? Like learning syllabus. Like if you were to write the book on jujitsu of every technique, strategy, like every aspect of it, I feel like that's the biggest tech book, textbook in the library. Like over boxing, for example. What uh, do you think? I. <sighs> Now, yes, but how much of the jiu-jitsu shit is bullshit? That's the thing, though. Mm. Like, the, like, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It's, 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 it's becoming entertainment as, mm. as, 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 like, you know, you just, you just, it's like, it's, it's like jiu-jitsu is kind of like China. They just produce quantity. <laughs> you know what I Amazon. mean? Yeah, it's just, just, yeah. just. Pump it out. Just pump it out, right? And yeah. then, and then when you go to those highest levels, man, none of that shit works. You know what I mean? So, I see some of this shit on Instagram. I'm like, I mean, it looks flash, but like. Is that useful? Do you know how it's not? Because the minute you see a fancy move that works, what's the next clip you see? Landing in a jitsu match. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing you see. You mm-hmm. see a good counter right hand. What's mm-hmm. the first thing you see? You see a video where it lands. But all these fancy moves, where's the video of you actually landing and yeah. even rolling? Well, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Right? And, and and a lot of it, like I call it, it's like it's a synchronized dance for men. So jiu-jitsu is becoming, it's like mm-hmm. synchronized dance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So a lot of that, a lot of that doesn't work. But I think, but um, they're both complex. To me, they're both complex. Like at the highest level, easy to learn, hard to master. Mm-hmm. Right? Same with throwing a punch. Everybody knows it, but good luck landing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's yeah such a great way of breaking it down, and it, it is interesting. Like so, okay, let's let's extrapolate that further. Fuck yeah. So we've got some of this flash shit on the internet that you're going, that's bullshit, that's yeah. ridiculous. Let's take that into the the realm of McDojo. You know what McDojo is? I do. All right, okay, cool. I so do. I spoke to uh, Mr. McDojo himself from the McDojo Life uh, Instagram account podcast. Okay. He's got a bunch of shit going on. Uh, 
that is some of the wildest shit I've ever seen when you talk about like cult mentality and human psychology and the manipulation of these people. Have you ever encountered in your professional sphere, like master bullshitters and con artists and people trying to sell snake oil? <laughs> As my bag is and, full and of then, snake oils. And then, just, uh, if so you this have, is awkward. I'm just, <laughs> and then if you have, did you choke them out or what? So what you're saying is you don't want to buy my snake oil. I a mean, broad bunch. It depends. Jesus fuck. Never mind. <laughs> depends. How good is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. What type of snake oil it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, actually. The black mamba. <laughs> the black mamba. No, I, I haven't. I haven't. Um, I like I said, I've been I've been lucky enough that I kind of you know stepped across some legitimate gyms throughout my day that you know what I mean and and th there's one thing you can't fucking fool as an immigrant right you can't bullshit us you just can't you just fucking can't right yeah. so so our yeah it's, it's hard to get a dollar out of us right yeah. so yeah, yeah you're not you're, you're not selling me bullshit so. okay that, yeah I mean and I think like ultimately these people that are like you know like selling bullshit they're probably not coming into Good like for them, real but martial arts like, gyms Ah, but here's the thing though. Here's the thing. Those people that, 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 that fall for a bullshit, they need a place as well. Somebody needs fucking to feel I, I, as, as shitty as it is. I, I mean, like, do they? No, they don't. But do I don't, they? No, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not against, listen, who's the idiot? Here's I mean, my, okay, so okay you, let me you, ask you, you an ultimate question. Are you advocating for hustling? Fuck yeah, I am. You're Fuck yeah, okay, I am. So let me ask you, let me I ask you it. a question. Let me ask you a question. Who's the idiot, okay? The idiot or the one that follows the idiot. Well, I mean, that's, that's no, a, but just, an Obi-Wan Kenobi But of course classic. it is. But that's what I'm saying. Like, who's the idiot? The idiot or the one that follows the idiot. Eventually, yeah, blame a, the follower. For not sure. To, you know, for you sure. Know, so it's like, yeah. ah, it, it's such a tough one because they're both idiots. So, so, so You're right. So but now it's like the, the idiot that followed double down, yeah. double down. But I, so the guys, the guys that <sighs> blow my mind in these videos, it's just like, okay, you've got Sensei Idiot, who's got Sensei Idiot concept that they're trying to like, yeah. you know, show to the, the poor like unsuspecting minions. And then you got my favorite guy is Buddy who's like in on it. Doing the, 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 the fucking oh. shit. That guy is like the, the real con artist, if you ask me. That, is that, that guy. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. you wake up every day. You know, you put on your fucking yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't even blame the you, master. I'm, I'm telling you, if I did this to you guys, you all <laughs> fell by the hundredth one. I'd be like, you know what? Maybe I do have something. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's I, what I'm I agree saying. with you. The guy that's in on it, you're the true con artist because yeah. you, you're promoting the bullshit Absolutely. of the guy. Absolutely, and by the yeah. end of that, master yeah. sensei idiot is like, oh, yeah, who we, knows? Such fucking who knows the master sense a crazy old man doesn't know anything he's scared yeah. just stay away yeah. from me people keep falling he's like oh this is the only place I feel safe just yeah. puts this weird komodo on yeah. just comes in they're all lost with his teeth <laughs> yeah fell it's fucking mental right it is crazy it's fucking mental so <laughs> yeah like, I was wondering if you'd ever come across any of these no. you know guys coming in the gym being like oh yeah I'm a fucking black belt under like whatever bullshit no. coming in with their I'm, 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 I'm good at uh, getting rid of cancers on the um, on the mats and stuff like that so yeah yeah i have i have a couple of stores i've kicked out like one time i i, I don't know if i should say it, but it's like tell just, it oh my <laughs> we're here for the story oh, let's so, go so, so 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 i had this brazilian guy come in he didn't speak english very well but my size three stripe black belt right comes into my gym and I had a brown belt at the time and if anyone was around the pandemic so the gym wasn't crazy busy like eight ten twelve people in on the mats and stuff like that so he comes in and then whatever, you know, like I'll, I'll do a technique of doing arm bars. And I look over there, she's drilling a completely different arm bar, right? But I'm like, whatever, everybody's got their things, variation stuff, mm. no big deal and all that stuff, right? So it starts rub me the wrong way a little bit, right? Being mm. rude. I'm fucking teach you a left hook. Yeah. Don't throw a fucking left uppercut. You know, especially you don't know yeah. the fucking gym. Don't be rude, right? Yeah. 
So it does that it's once. Yeah, it does that twice and blah, blah. And then, and then one time we're like, hey guys, we're, we're going to flow roll. You know, and then, and I look over, it's going really hard. It's cranking right? on someone. Yeah, and, I, and so I go up to them, like, are you too special? What do you mean? Like, are you too special? They both look at me, no. Then why the fuck do you guys not roll like everybody else? Oh, sorry, we didn't know. No, it's all good, no big deal. Blah, 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 right? And then, so he's only been there for like a week, right? And it comes the next day. And then like one of my students comes up to me, hey coach, can I talk to you? I'm like, oh, what's up? He's like, oh, I don't know if I'm being rude. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, the guy, new guy that came in, he's like, we must bow before we and you roll. I'm like, first of all, nobody's going to tell me how to fucking conduct myself on my mats. What do you mean bow? What are you going to bow? What do you mean bow? I'm not fucking bowing. I'm not fucking bowing before this weird dick sucking fucking yeah, ego yeah. shit with to bow. I'm not fucking, can we just handshake and be normal human beings? Yeah. Like, what is this fucking crazy? Yeah. So I'm like, no, don't bow. This is my gym. Yeah. I say how we conduct ourselves here. We're fucking all humans. We're all equal. Yeah. No fucking bowing. So that kind of pissed me off. He goes hard, <laughs> blah, blah. So it's about the 15 now. And I come in and this is where I fucking lost. So I'm... So I'm literally, you know, showing the technique and he's stretching as I'm showing it. Yeah, but he's wicked. looking the other yeah. way. He's just, I don't, he's and, just And, not, and yeah. the veins just fucking popping up, popping up, popping up. In the middle of the fucking technique, as I'm showing, gets up and goes to the fucking bathroom. Wicked. And the I'm straw. like, fuck this shit. Yeah. So I go, so he comes out of the bathroom and I come up to him. like, did I fucking disrespect you? Excuse me. I mean, did I fucking stutter? Do I fucking disrespect you at all? No, then what the fuck do you feel the need? You're going to disrespect, like, sorry, for sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, why do you feel the need to fucking disrespect me, you fucking piece of shit? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Excuse me, get the fuck out. You know fucking, you don't have discipline. You have no fucking courtesy. And you come my fucking mat, walk out with, a, either you leave now, or I'm going to ask everybody to leave. I'm going to fucking break you in half, you piece of fucking shit. Yeah. Like, like I lost my, that was like the, where, where I kicked. So I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm big at backstory. Like I'm big at kicking, getting cancer out of my gym. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and then, you know. So I, I, did he leave? Oh, he left. Oh, fuck yeah, he left. Now fucking kill him. Yeah. I'll, oh, get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah. It's my, I'll lock everybody up. Like, jiu listen, jiu-jitsu guys and boxers and all you fuckers are hilarious to MMA guys at the top. I'll eat all of you guys up. It doesn't <laughs> matter what you are. If you don't, if you can't wrestle, you're in trouble. If you can't box, you're in trouble. If you can't Muay Thai, you're in trouble. I can do it all. It doesn't matter what you can do, I'll do the opposite. I'll fuck you up. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm like, get the fuck out. And I yeah. land everybody up. I'm like, listen, guys, it doesn't matter who you are. We all get the same respect on the fucking mats. I don't care if you're a UFC champ or a white belt, man. We all learn our places on these fucking mats. Mm -hmm. And if somebody disrespects me, imagine what they think of you. Nobody deserves to come here in our fucking gym and not show us the proper respect that we show to people, mm -hmm. right? So, so I'm very good at kicking cancers out. So I never had anybody come into my yeah. gym dojo to 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 wrap it all to up. Dojo, yeah, yeah, to all that shit, man. I, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> hey, for, yeah. That blows my mind because it's in, to me like I've seen some pretty like and from the boxing world, I've seen some pretty like dodgy behavior. Oh, 100 percent. Like dodgy, you know, like you, you know, it's a couple guys sparring, never met before, and it's a dog fight, yeah. and everyone in the gym's like. Fucking like you're going in next. But it's coach's fault. And, it's coach's uh, well, fault. Well, 100. It goes from the top down. There's no context to the sparring. There was no. It wasn't. It wasn't like nothing was done right. No. But I've seen some dodgy behavior in boxing. But when I entered the jujitsu world, I was like, man, this is like everyone's really fucking nice. And there's this whole. There was a culture of respect. Yeah, because you're nogi. They're all potheads. <laughs> Yeah, of course they're fucking. They are. Nice. Got, like, yeah. well, and then you got yeah. ghost grappling making like rash guards yeah. with like marijuana leaves all over. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Mike. Yeah, except you you get introduced every time because they forget about you. But you know what? I started <laughs> in gi. Yeah. I started in gi and I, I actually like love the gi, but it, it, I found that the culture was so different. Well, it's very it's, it's very cultish. My like the gi, even even jujitsu right now has become very cult. Cultish, like there's the the tenth planet, there's the Gracies, there's like everybody's just kind of like you know you know it's, it's becoming like a like a mindset more than and like more than just like let's learn everything right. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. 
That's so funny. I love that. That's a great story. I bet you got loads of those. I have Olis Amanda. You got to start your own podcast, I, like I, stories from the mats with no, Dan yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just me losing my cool to random people. So no, that's, that's great though. You know, sometimes they deserve it. I'm sorry. They do. They do. Especially that guy. Like, so, yeah. You know what? Honestly, nothing's more disappointing to me. Nothing is when I have a role with a black belt where I'm like, oh, that was shitty. Like, you fucking cranked on me. Oh, what a you... surprise. Another man let another woman down. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then and, the and podcast the part, She's not explodes. used to it. She's always surprised. But you know what? <laughs> I've had roles with black belts where I'm like, that yeah. was the most beautiful thing I have yeah. ever seen in my life. And it was like, it felt like it was just, and all, all I could do was just like the whole time I felt like I was learning, learning, learning. Yeah. And then I've had some disappointing roles yeah. where it was like the grip of death. Like, they yeah. took a hold of my gi and that was fucking it. And we did nothing. Nothing. Do you know and what I was I, like, this yeah. sucks. <laughs> this is the most disappointing shit ever. Yeah. Um, you know, because I think that it's such a privilege when I get to roll with someone at such a high level that I'm like the whole time I'm having my mind blown. Like it's like when you box someone yeah. who's just crystal and you're like, this is what it's supposed yeah. to be like. And I'm more, I'm not, I'm not like a, I'm not a, I'm not a dog. I'm more, I'm more finesse. Like yeah, I always I'm, enjoyed I'm the, finesse. You like cleverness. I, yeah, I do. Yeah. I like, I like the athleticism. Like yeah. when you were talking about fighter, the athlete, I'm the, I'm the athlete. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't have that dog. I, I can. No, if I, 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 have I know to, what you mean. So this is. But I appreciate yeah. the finesse and the technique and the move. Fuck and, yeah. And I want to have like I want to I want to be like wet. Like oh, like this is the, the sexiest, most amazing thing I've yeah. ever seen in my life. That's yeah. what I want to be. Do you know? Do you know what I tell everybody? So anytime somebody new comes in, I have the same talk before we roll, before we spar. Don't have an argument. Have a debate. Mm, when mm. it's an argument. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? You're yelling at each other. Yeah, <gasps> it's a yell. But when I have a debate and a conversation, that's that intellectual debate. I were through, where I'm not yeah. trying to win. We're just trying to have a conversation. What's your skills at? Move around. Yeah, grab your same same when I spar and when I do certain things, man. I really have that playfulness mm -hmm. of of debate. Yeah. Let's just let's just. That's such a cool way of putting it because it is. It, it I think it can be when it's done right. It can be the well. Most it's a, it's a conversation. It's yeah. a, it's like it's a blazing weed and having this conversation mm -hmm. heart to heart with somebody else. But you can have the same thing with your bodies. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And 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 you get to learn whose vocabulary is deeper. Mm -hmm. And then once you kind of, like you say, somebody uses intellectual word or that, that's a nice sweep, you're like, holy shit, that's a cool word mm -hmm. or that's a cool. So now that that's how I look at. It. I just look at it as a conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, I love that. I could talk. I could talk fighting, boxing, grappling all day with Fuck you. Yeah, yeah I, it's amazing. Now, Universal, what's next for, for you guys? Um, what's so, I mean, like, you know, the last fight card, um, I had um, I had a couple guys fighting and stuff. They did very well, which I was very happy about and stuff. And I'm more nervous when they're fighting than, than me. I chew all my nails and stuff like that because yeah. I, I can't help it. I fucking love it. I, and I know what it's like. And, and it's such a special... Yeah. special little thing to, 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 to walk with them and to be there and stuff. So they fought. I'm, I'm, I'm so BFL is doing a fight card. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll be fighting on that one. Awesome. Which I'm fucking excited. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm motivated, man. Yeah. I'm, and, um, and I'm fighting the guy that beat Saeed the last fight. He's a Brazilian guy and stuff. Yes. So I asked for him right away. Um, it was between him or the main event, JT money. He ended up losing. So, 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 uh, that, that's a that's a great fight that stylistically scares me because oh, a terrible be awesome. matchup and stuff and yeah he's tough and i'm fucking excited for that and i have a couple other guys fighting on that on that one so it's gonna be kind of hard for me yeah because when i'm in the back i'm emotionally disconnected if yeah. you win i don't care it's, you know what i mean we'll yeah. talk afterwards but i don't i don't i don't i don't i'm just awkwardly cold i'm cold and calculated in the back so if you're happy if you're hurt I just don't care right now. That's yeah. my night. Yeah. So I have a couple guys fighting, so I'm not going to be cornering them. I'll be a little more emotionally disconnected yeah. from them. But after that, 
fucking I'll be excited. Yeah. Amazing. I was just at the last uh, event and I've been to one before that as well, but we'll definitely come. We'll bring the Empire crew out. We'll come in. Fuck yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah, cheer you on. And then we got a show in July, so we'd love to have you there. We'd love to come Uh, out. Come and see some professional boxing. And then we've got UFC coming back to Vancouver in July, I believe. Amanda Nunes. June June 9th. June 9th. We got Amanda Nunes on the the headliner. Um, Are you going to be coming out for that? So... Maybe I have, I have a weird thing. So I had a rule with myself. Okay. I had okay. a rule. Um, even when I travel and I train with people and stuff, I'm, I, I don't go there as a fan. I go as a participator because mm-hmm. I belong with these guys. So I always kind of told myself my first walk I do to the octagon KG, there's going to be when I'm fighting or cornering never as a fan. So mm-hmm. I've, I've cornered Tristan once for his, for his um, UFC fight and stuff, but I still kind of hope I get to do my first walk to the octagon as a fighter before I watch it as a fan. So I've never watched UFC live yet. So I'm kind of still keep myself more. Every time there's a UFC and I miss it out yeah. to watch, I'm like, fuck. So it just motivates me to go train even more yeah. to hopefully I get to the first walk in person. Yeah. So, so no, as of right now, I'm not watching it okay, live. Okay, fair. Well, we hope to see you make that walk as a fighter one yeah. day as well. Uh, and then you, so you're going to have camp coming up. You know, business is booming. It sounds like things in your life are. Things are good, man. You know, yeah. they, they, they're moving like steady. Yeah. Like as, as it should be, not too fast, not too slow, just enough for me to maintain it and, and enjoy it, but most importantly to keep up with it. So things are good. Amazing. It's been such a pleasure to get to know you and thank to you, chat with you. you. And, that, you know, I think I could probably do this for another Fuck hour. Yeah, but same. Yeah. yeah. No, I appreciate so it. Well, what, what I would love to propose is maybe after the next BFL card, we'll get you back on the podcast and we'll have Fuck a, yeah. we'll have, we'll have some chat again. Awesome. Okay. Amazing. Uh, Dan, it was such a pleasure. This has been another episode of the Empire Boxing Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Jay, and I'll see you next next time make sure to listen follow and subscribe to empire boxing on apple spotify and youtube